3: hello and welcome to the 329th episode of the slow ride podcast this is tim in orlando florida hey this is matt
0: in super icy minneapolis minnesota
2: and this is spencer in boston um sorry you guys i'm a little distracted. I'm busy I was just about hacked into um Biden's Peloton. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm trying to see what his FTP is because um you know for for the good of the world, we need to make sure that's uh that his watts to, per kilogram are uh above four, I would say.
3: At, at least above four. Show no weakness, um is my motto in almost everything. Um President Biden on the Peloton bike. Um, apparently, only one Peloton bike, because Dr. Biden also wants to get on there all the time. Is the real lead here, Spencer, is that it is a national security risk that he has a Peloton bike?
2: Well, I think what's at stake is, um, you know, we we all are well aware of uh, Angela Merkel's uh, FTP and, and watts per kilogram. We We all know... You know, Trudeau. He's he's up there. Um, Golden boy. We know Putin.
3: He he lies about his weight.
2: Yeah. yeah. But there's there's some question marks around he isn't on Zwift power. He's just on regular Zwift, so this hasn't been verified. But you know, we gotta make sure that we are uh you know, holding steady there, uh, as so, as one of the leaders of the free world again.
3: In all seriousness here, what is the rationale for why the i mean the nsa claims that it's a national security risk or whatever right is that just because someone at the nsa is doing us all a favor and doesn't want a peloton bike inside the white house they're like oh it's a little too cramped it's not not enough floor-to-ceiling windows um, for the advertisements what is going on like why is this seriously a national security risk is it just because it's an open wi-fi connection i guess anytime they hook anything up right
2: I mean, I think it could be a... Okay, I just want
3: to point out, the listeners cannot see what is happening right now. I'm sorry to interrupt Spencer, but I'm pretty sure I just saw a little guy insert a pencil into a mechanical pencil sharpener. Is that what I just saw?
0: Yeah, should I be using like a really big, loud electric pencil sharpener while we're recording the podcast to sharpen my pencil?
3: (laughs) Wait. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to... I'm right. sorry to ruin all of the vibe here. I just yeah. I was a little. Excellent I haven't radio. seen a I haven't seen a pencil sharpener in some time.
2: Anyways, I
3: I apologize.
0: Great. No, I will stay on this for a second. How do you get your pencils sharp? You just whittle them with your teeth, or
3: like? I don't use pencils. I use pens. Yeah. Oh wow! Pen. Wow. You guys are you guys are from the It's how I do the crossword puzzle too.
2: i'll tell you one i'll tell you one thing you can't hack into biden's peloton with a pencil or a pen
1: Um, thank you spencer thank
3: you for bringing this back i i apologize
2: i mean i think i think um the biggest signs are going to point to obviously the soul cycle lobby in (laughs) dc because they've got a vested interest in keeping the peloton brand out of the white house they're trying to set up the West Wing there as like a uh, a new elite studio because they're you know their shares are falling off, memberships declining. It's mm-hmm. it's pandemic times, um, so they need to they need to find collections of people that have to be somewhere and are maybe all uh, quarantined together, like a White House situation, you know. And I, I you know I'm pretty sure they think they could sell uh Biden and them on uh beating up on the interns on the old soul cycle uh agenda. And
3: there's probably a soul cycle studio next to the bowling alley in the basement of the White House. Now, Spencer, do you think that Biden is rocking clipless or do you think he's got the toe cages on his sneakers?
2: Oh, he's he's riding clipless for oh, sure. You think so? Um oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's we've seen him out on the bike outside. We've seen him, you know, he he knows the deal. He does probably have the cleats flipped in the direction for the super easy clip-in, clip-out. I'm not saying he's a hardcore uh, uh, clipless guy, but, um, you know, he's... Well, he's an older guy. ...degree float.
0: Yeah, he probably wants Mm -hmm. a little bit of float. You know, he's an older fellow. He's got, you know, knee issues probably at this point.
3: It is pretty good to see, and, like... An active individual back into the White House because I, I gotta, you know, I've seen photos yeah. of Biden out there riding bikes and anything from hybrids to road bikes. Um, it's good to see cycling back in there, and hopefully that helps uh finance more and more infrastructure to build things out.
0: It's like cycling is the new golf.
2: Do you think if you're uh John <laughs> Kerry, it. yeah, and you go set up your peloton next to Biden's peloton? Can you beat him like on the climb, you know, in the Zwift or Uh, whatever? Like, do you have to, do you have to like, uh, gentlemanly pull off the front right there before the line? Or how is that going to work? You tow him all the way up to the top, right? And then you uh, move over.
3: Mm -hmm. It's my honor to pull you all the way to the top, Mr. President. Um, Uh I know I could have also been president, but it just didn't happen. But here I am to help you get to, uh, the top five of Ronnie's 1980s (laughs) dance studio. (laughs) class would, or whatever
0: what what would you guys think biden is you think biden's a sprinter i think biden's more of a ruler you know he's 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 an opportunist he's gonna go in the break mm-hmm. uh he's so far in his career he's well, been he's been the guy who's willing to put his head in the wind when he was vp he was he's definitely, definitely
3: slow and steady it's, he's slow been, a, it's and steady. been a long
0: build he, he was doing the hard work before the cameras came on to to get stuff huh. moving in congress for obama so i think i i think He's not a typical team leader, you know. Obama was all flash on the climbs, all uh-huh. uh, sparkling, uh, sparkling attacks, and then maybe, uh-huh. maybe then actually playing it a little too generous when he'd get in the move with McConnell, and he would he'd take too many pulls, and you just pulling your hair out like why why do you keep pulling through for that turtle?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean,
3: Biden's had a couple of failed presidential runs too, you know. Like that could be, you know, what what is that like a metaphor?
2: It 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 it's like a break to me. Yeah, he's the early break guy. Like he's the Milan Se break that you don't even see on the coverage because, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, nobody's gonna watch the first four hours of that race. But but as his career progressed, he becomes he morphs into the Ian Stannard of the Peloton where he's just the diesel that goes off.
0: I was gonna say, is he the Matty Heyman of Mm -hmm. presidential candidates, right? He went he went so many times and then suddenly we we saw it we said oh my god he's going to win now i don't know who was trump in that move it's never was kind of like booing
3: when he wins right <laughs> like, but
0: like, that's who? not what people were like when when won, when people were over the moon but, i but mean if you, people okay. cheered in my neighborhood when when biden won and i don't remember anybody out banging pots when Heyman won yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. true what's up with that so here's the
3: right? here, here's the other way i want to take it how, like how much pressure is on the peloton like host instructor for the show. Cause I, I'm sure it shows up on the screen, like president, like POTUS on the screen. Like, are they like, Oh, you know, Hey, let's, uh, let's put it up to number uh, six, everybody. And then, you know, everybody else is like, uh, you know, five for the president or like, whatever, like there's a lot of pressure to keep the, the Mm vibe strong.
0: But don't you think that'll be the thing is they just make him log in every time with like 74 VPNs and he'll just have to log in as like new user 43 you know, and just like it'll just always, it'll always be cloaked, cloaked in secrecy. You know, it never will be like the president's on you.
2: You think it would be new user forty six, but I mean, I digress. <laughs> wow, well played. Well wow, played.
3: not even a dad. Well, well done, um, Spencer. I love it. So,
2: do you think? I mean, what are the chances he's got the Secret Service guy on there for the first 45 minutes of that hour-long class? <laughs>
3: it's like he just drops it.
0: Oh, certainly he's on just the just putting, putting down, down the hammer, yeah, and then he goes the to clean up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant.
3: So, Spencer, on, when we go over the agenda every week, we come uh-huh. up with some real bangers, and sometimes uh-huh. some things kind of fall off in the green room, but there, there's some things that I've been holding my bated breath for, uh-huh. I don't know, at least a month and a half now. Since before our um, end of November uh, break,
2: mm-hmm.
3: to, to learn a little bit, um, kind of like doing a deep dive in like where we are on Craigslist and different uh, bicycle purchasing uh, experiences. And, and you've had something queued in, and every week you're like, ah, we could get to it next week. So now's the moment yeah. to shine.
2: I kind of, uh, I've kind of been fine with pushing it off because it's, uh, it's a little embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, really?
0: I like where this is going. Tell them more. Yeah.
2: It's got I'm not it's I'm not proud. Um but it actually ties in pretty well uh here. Uh, maybe I can feel better about this with the with the whole Biden um Peloton situation that's happening. Um because I was perusing uh a couple months ago the Craigslist, the local Craigslist here, uh for, you know, just used bikes I, I randomly throw in a couple different brand names that I, you know, search through looking for the old Bridgestones, looking for the Kleins, you know, the the standard stuff. And one of my favorites that I always love to look for, just to see what's out there, um, is throwing in Lamond, Because, oh. um, great, great bikes, like all time, uh, bikes. i love to get a pop rod or, or something else. Um, you know, just mm-hmm. to have in the basement. And now I don't know if it's, uh, that I've been locked up, cooped up in the house here for for nine months straight, uh, and I'm starting to lose my marbles a little bit, or what, but there was a LeMond um, Revmaster oh. on the old Craigslist, the old stationary, yeah. the original, the OG mm-hmm. spin bike. Now, when me and Tim used to go to do our weight training, when we were track racing cyclists, <laughs> professional track racing cyclists, we used to warm up. We used to do our warm-up and cool-down before hitting the old squat rack in the uh, in the spin bike room on the old LeMond Riffmasters. And this ad just took me back, man. It took me back to the simpler times, took me back so to, you know. The glory the, days. The glory when I could win a bike race. In
3: we're
2: the really caters. turning that
3: dial. Really, like, yeah. we were like, God, let's do it, Spencer. Let's get that heart rate up. Let's, let's go to nine.
2: Oh, it was just so mellow. And I remember, you know, you just jump in there and you're in your – your warm-up, your exercise clothes, you know, your your gym shorts or whatever and, and a t-shirt and you just spin along just getting warmed up and I was like, man, that sounds nice. Now maybe it's just because it's it's getting cold here in New England and I didn't feel like bundling up and putting on the chamois and the tights and the jackets and the everything to get outside but I looked at that ad for a long time and I, I saved it. I hit favorite and like set it aside and hmm. was like, I, I would spend 300 bucks and you know, really, and get That's this, it. and and just put it in the living room, and be able to just sort of get on it whenever, just in jeans, and just just spin it out for a little What's while, it? watch the TV, whatever, read a book. Like it's it's not. It just felt different than having like I have a smart trainer in the basement. I have a I have a DI two equipped a road bike that I can put on there, but this but that just requires going different. down
3: the stairs and yeah. getting the bike set up onto the trainer, the smart trainer, exactly. which can be a pain. Exactly. Um, you gotta get the skewer through. I, I like this idea for a couple of reasons. One is these types of bikes are aesthetically pleasing. It's a good looking bike. Just just it's... screaming. It just it just <laughs> screams, put some put some dried clothes on me. Mm-hmm, you know? Man. Like put, put put the put put what you need to iron on here. Wrinkle free shirt, throw it on the revmaster. Master. Um yeah, kind of yeah, perfect. Yeah. And then every now and then, you know what? I don't want to put on the kit, get on the gym shorts. Bust out mm-hmm. five minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gotta, yeah. I gotta make dinner tonight. All right, let me get warmed up a little bit. Look at that heart rate going. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do it. I love this idea.
2: So, I, I did too, and I, I just like, I don't know if it was like I said, I don't know if it was the, the being cooped up or the, the nostalgia or a little bit of both or just got me at the right time or what. But I was like, I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna do this. I think this is what'll motivate me to like spin it out a little bit and like get some some secret fitness where then I can actually go in the basement and get on Zwift on the fancy trainer and not feel like garbage. Um, Mm -hmm. like I need a trainer to train myself to get on the trainer. Yeah. And I was, yeah, I was galaxy braining this thing and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm so proud of myself and I'm so smart. Let me just tell my wife how smart I am and show her this thing that I'm going to buy on the Craigslist. And boy, howdy, did I get the kibosh! I don't know what happened, <laughs> but uh, it was a firm and decisive no. That is not coming in our house. Mm-hmm. You cannot put that in our living room or anywhere else. Not even and, the basement. Uh,
3: <laughs> not even a shed that you don't have. <laughs>
2: no, no. it's it like purpose, it's certainly right? not going in the basement because there's a smart trainer and a dome trainer already down there, <laughs> and like 14 bicycles, <laughs> so. Yeah, so I was just uh, the, I mean that that dream just got smashed immediately. So, so what was the
3: argument against this? Brilliant idea. I can think of some.
2: Well, I think that I've already invested thousands upon thousands of dollars in training equipment that oh, okay. already exists right. in the house, <laughs> and also that it, well, it gets let's. Used so frequently, despite what Tim just said a few minutes ago, the Revmaster is not a, a piece of artwork. Uh, <laughs> no, it is a. Uh, a large and time unwieldy. capsule yeah, it is a time capsule, yeah well, that's I
3: feel too for bad you, Spencer, but I also would have never In thought way. of even bringing this into the house. you know what I mean like i like i i, I envy your ability to ask. I knew the answer before even asking <sighs> like like I kind of like I wouldn't even do that to myself, um, but it's big, man it, well
0: it's, it's you know it's hard to bring big things into the house like that.
2: I'm certainly not going to spend two grand on a Peloton, even if Biden well, uh, wants one uh, or has I, one.
3: Where we messed up, Spencer, is we could have came up with the idea for Peloton all those years ago while we were sitting on the Revmaster, and they were all kind of, you know, in a studio. You're like, oh, what mm-hmm. if we just put a camera and put it on over the internet? Yeah, we could get this done. Brilliant. Really. Yeah, sure. So yeah. totally.
0: You guys know what I've been doing lately? I've been doing a lot of jumping jacks.
2: Jumping really? jacks.
0: Wow! Like uh, in the same. In the same way, Spencer, you're saying you need to train for the trainer. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work to go down to the trainer mm-hmm. and get going. One thing I can do while I'm making food, or I just brought food to Tom Boone, Tom Boone, or whatever. In between things, I can just bust out 30 jumping jacks. You know, yeah. no, that's just here true. and there through the day, and then by the end of the day, you know, I did 100 and some jumping jacks. And so I'm trying to, I'm yeah. doing that. It's my well- it's my secret way to build a little fitness while mostly being <laughs> yeah. uh, you, let me, you let me know how stay that Stay at home
3: dad. I, I'm a little curious if pop well, jack's
0: It's know. not hurting. I mean it's I don't think it's gonna hurt me. I don't think it's gonna make me uh no, win and
2: any bike races I mean, if Tim, we ever do those again. Tim you need to consider too that if he's gonna go on a ride or anything, he does need to carry that road bike up from the basement and that thing's at least twenty six pounds. Like that's yeah. a steel road <laughs> yeah, bike. It's good.
3: It's got some fenders yeah, yeah. on there.
0: I mean, that's the first Can... obstacle to get out the door.
3: <laughs> now, Spencer, one thing I thought of when you were talking about the Le Mans Red, Revmaster, I was thinking of Le Mans with the new e-bikes that are coming oh, out. so good. Are they the best-looking e-bikes in the history of e-bikes, the new Le Mans e-bikes? They,
2: they're the best-looking e-bikes in yeah. the history of e-bikes, bar none. They may be in contention for best-looking bike that exists.
3: I 100% agree with you on this. In particular, the I go to the Instagram Lemond Bikes and then the way that they have the fenders, like the carbon fenders oh. that are cut with the same color. They have a pink bike that has the integrated headlight and bar mm-hmm. stem. Um That's apparently it's speed. got like a I want to say it has like a one of those 40 to 50 minute like motors at full speed. Like so you can press the button so it looks similar kind of to the type of motor that um, Orbea has on their road bikes, like kind of on that top tube, kind of right. press the button, it gives you a little bit of that extra boost. But these bikes look absolutely amazing. Now the price point's high, but that is an actual piece of art. Like those things look wonderful. And I mm-hmm. wish, uh, you know, uh, Greg LeMond, nothing but the best with his family to get that thing off, <laughs> off the ground.
2: Yeah, they have... I was thinking about that, um, I probably very much inspired by those bikes that uh, kind of dropped in the last couple of weeks, that, like, throughout the lifetime of the brand Lamont, and it has had a lot of ups and downs and, and twists <laughs> and turns, but the bikes have yeah. always looked yeah. great. Like, they have always looked great. They're timeless, usually. There's a couple of stinker paint jobs, but, like, for the most part, I think they've done a better job than maybe any other brand over the lifetime of the brand of like having a consistently good looking bicycle. So the,
3: the flat bar commuter, the prologue has a range of 45 miles, um, assistance up to 20 miles an hour. Um, and it comes in at 4,500. Um, I know that that's like easy for us to like go like 4,500, but you know, up against other e-bikes, that's comparable. There is a flat bar commuter, then there's like a step through commuter called the Dutch. And then there's the the road bike as they um which is not up yet. That's coming in the year 2021. So right now it's just two bikes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um I'm absolutely smitten on this bike with the bar stem and the, the fenders.
0: I like the Dutch a lot, but I'm gonna wait for th- the used market and get an old Dutch.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I think you're going to be waiting for a while.
3: (laughs) Well done little guy. My cough was, uh, was due to just the excitement of thinking about potato chips. Yeah. Um, it was having trouble, but anyways, uh, check out the lemon bikes. I think they look good. Um we'd love to see them out there. They're not rev masters, but uh maybe in a few years uh we'll be able to find our own old Dutch's uh well-done uh, little guy. Do,
0: do you guys think rather than having speed settings um the top speed that the bike can do just says 1989 time trial. Like that's the setting. Cuz wasn't that that was like the fastest time trial ever for a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so you I see can what you're do saying. like okay. first gear, second gear, third gear win by eight seconds or whatever, you know, or like 19, yeah. 1989 tour de France, win. And you said to you. that and you're yeah. like, you're feeling it. Yeah. You're feeling what he yeah. felt. I like this right idea. Then and there.
3: So yeah. there's a couple of other things that we do need to hit to, uh, before we get into the pre lap um, and talk on the, uh, the flip end. Uh, obviously the other lead for us is Alejandro Valverde. I guess hero, like, uh, anti-hero of the pod i don't even know how we describe him that he's our favorite he's my favorite rider because he animates every single race he's in does he have a clouded pass absolutely sue me for liking a guy that uh has been caught doping um i bet almost every rider that you guys like has some experience with doping (laughs) but um i love valverde I love how he's timeless. I love how he continues. And I'm sure there's a lot of haters out there that can't wait for him to be retired. And the day it's his last race, I'm sure that the Twitter sphere is gonna be like good riddance and all of that. But up until then, this is the Swan song of one of the greatest cyclists of all time. And this is his final year, yeah. gentlemen.
2: Probably. Yeah.
0: It's yeah, he says that, I and mean, he said that a few times, right? I I see so to that point, Spencer. I wonder we're already having a lot of races canceled. Mm-hmm. If does he have a cutoff point? He does. Like if, it, if if a lot of his objectives get pulled out, like if there's no Liège, because that's one of the biggies that he hasn't won. That is obviously a race like for him in Olympics mm-hmm. probably aren't going to happen. Does he just roll it over? You know, i that's what I think.
2: Pretty sure that he has said, not in so many words, that you know, if twenty twenty doesn't really have a season i might be back for 2021 but i've got one more season in me is kind of what he's hedging his bet on the the thing is is like i feel like of
0: all the not all the riders but a lot of riders had good years last year because they could go home and smash it on a trainer yeah valverde is old school he's probably never been on a trainer He's (laughs) only only out there just using his fingers not using his thumbs and he had a totally off year I think partially did he, because did he have an he off had, year? He'd, he'd f- like
3: he still like was one of the no, better perf- g- forming riders. Yeah,
0: yeah, but he didn't win anything, and he yeah. wasn't re- he wasn't on the podium of anything big. I'm just saying that like for a guy who had basically done the same thing for 20 years, it's got to be kind of crazy to get thrown a loop, as opposed to some second year pro, third year pro, who who doesn't have the same rhythms, you know.
3: Um. Little guy, just to go back, you said that Liege was the one that he hasn't won? Yeah, he hasn't won Liege, right? No, it's Amstel. Oh, I thought he, he won, won in 2006, Ampstil. 2008, 2015, and yeah, 2017. No, no. I was just checking. It's it, it's Amstel. You're right. All it's right. Amstel. I, I know normally I'm the one that makes bad mistakes, but he also won Flesh alone went... five times. 12 stages yeah. of the Volta. He won four stages of the Tour, but he did win the Volta GC in 2009. Um... Quite the career. Now, the World Championships probably my favorite win that he had because everyone knew that that was going to be his win. If he wins the Olympics, I would love that. Now, little guy, are you of the belief that the Olympics is not going to happen? It seems pretty unlikely. Yeah is yes, is that just going to happen? Because the Olympics and the the sports governing bodies that do such a good job of it. Um, of ma- of managing these sports take care of their athletes and really put their athletes first and they're just protecting them or is it because the country of Japan is rational and doesn't think it's the best thing of to do
0: no i it's 100% japan not wanting that giant covid infection brought to them i am i why can't they just go
3: the next year i don't understand like i love the olympics why does it have to be every 4 years i mean i know that's what makes it special but you know Okay, well, go yeah. to 2022. Like, what's the, like they built all of these venues?
0: Japan's not gonna. Japan's gonna try to do 2032. Sure, that's so whoever's next. Okay, whoever next gets it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know
2: why they why they have to go to 2032 and they just don't bump everybody back four years.
3: Or why not well, just have the Olympics yeah. in 2022? Like I did, I know that.
0: Well,
2: because you know they're I mean? gonna like, overlap with the Winter Olympics, and then where's cyclocross gonna go?
0: that's a good point they'll be super confused they won't know to go left or right
3: maybe maybe psycho crosses the bridge between the two Um, that's a very very solid point i just it's a um i hope the olympics happens i understand if it doesn't but it would be a shame to um like think that they have to go back to 2032 like like it's an arbitrary rule on when the olympics are like just do it a year later
0: well it's just
3: japan between the two
0: i mean but I think G, it's all it's all big GVA. You know, GVA has been throwing around millions in the background because he wants he just wants to, two
3: more years. He wants he wants an to eight year now
0: Not a lot of people can say. I mean, Fabian Cancellera, too. We gotta we gotta look at him.
3: Yeah. You know, are the brown shorts gonna clash with the gold helmet? Oh, no, AG2R?
0: beautiful synergy. It'll look like a gradient.
3: We won't even know. <laughs> and uh, Spencer earlier talking about Valverde who spent almost uh-huh. his, his entire career with Movistar and mm-hmm. all of the other um, r- r- versions of the Movistar sponsorship. Um, last year, in the peak of pandemic, at the start of pandemic, when we were all locked away in our houses mm-hmm. um, being rational, we all were um, blessed with a Movistar Netflix series. Yeah. It was actually a pretty good season because it was, you know, Carapaz, like you're like, ooh, is he a good guy or bad guy? Is he going to leave the team? They didn't really mention about his Criterium dalliance where he just kind of disappeared from the team for a little while. But then Movistar had a pretty crappy year last year, and I'm just happy that I haven't had to watch that on Netflix.
2: Well, don't count your chickens too soon because uh, they have announced season two of The Least Expected Day is greenlit. Um, so we will be getting a whole additional season, at least one more, of uh, our favorite Netflix uh, so, cycling <laughs> drama- dramedy. Uh, Let's talk. Yeah, okay. I think that's what it is.
3: Okay, gentlemen. Obviously, Valverde. So, what are the storylines going to be of this? I can think of two. One is, does Valverde still have it? Right. Like, how many uh-huh. top tens is Valverde going to have in them? Like, oh, is this? is it getting too old? There's definitely like the, the old man winter old man in the sea. Like at some point mm. he's just kind of go off. The second story has to be about Benton right? Like, like, is he going to stick around uh, the team? What's happened to him? He, did he make the plane back from Columbia? <laughs> like,
2: uh-huh. I mean, he, I mean, he may be he didn't. <laughs> a bigger character on this podcast than he is in the team. I, you think so? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little afraid <laughs> that, uh, -hmm. Maybe, maybe we think about him more often than the team director does. Yeah.
0: Spoiler alert: Tim, he didn't make it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, all the riders just overpowered thumbs, you know, causing all kinds of chaos on the road.
0: Yeah, the thumb thing is going to be a huge subplot. It's going to be a huge (laughs) subplot. (laughs)
2: Oh, I hope uh, it is.
0: Probably more of just them looking around and going, who's still here? Who are you guys? You know, yeah. Maybe the director's constantly calling people by the wrong names.
3: I know we've said this before about so many of our, like why I love Movistar more and it is like the ultimate villain because it's a team that has not folded on speaking English, right? Like this is the classic English media, which which fuels so much of who we love and who we don't love in professional cycling, just kind of avoids mm-hmm. Movistar and just treats them as like, you know, the evil empire, you know, like, oh, Darth Vader over there." like it's just they don't know how to deal with it. If this documentary was about Education First or any other team that was pre- predominantly English speaking and was on mm-hmm. Netflix, mm-hmm. people would be gobbling it up like crazy.
2: Even but, it, even if it was Mitchelton Scott.
0: Absolutely. Oh yeah, M- people love those Mitchell Scott movies and yeah, Mitchelton Scott, they do all
3: that video stuff. It's <laughs> But on Netflix, I don't know, it just it, it it drives me nuts. They don't get the credit.
2: But are are you, real, are you surprised that it got greenlit for a season 2? Like that it that somebody somewhere some producer was like, "Yes, we need more" Cycling content.
0: I mean it's there are other countries than ours.
3: Yeah. That's I think I I think people underestimate here in the US how powerful the Movistar team is outside of the English speaking (laughs) market. I mean it is the team of Spain and Spain is a pretty large cycling, you know, empire. Like it's definitely, you know, they have a they have a grand tour.
2: That's true. I mean we you know, we couldn't even keep the tour of California.
3: Or the tour of Georgia or a Tour of right. m- Missouri or the Missouri. Nature Valley Grand Prix or any other professional bike race in the US including Tour to Trump which then gets us to this week's premap. <laughs> so let's talk to who should be the star of Netflix's next documentary, <laughs> A Year in Bling. And of course I'm talking about Michael Matthews.
1: What up? This is Storm Squinch, and you're listening to this Slow Ride Podcast.
3: All right, gentlemen, here we are in the preem lap. Let's get right to it. We need everyone to head on over to wideanglepodium.com and check out the family of shows that we have on the air to bring to you via podcasts. Check it out. Go to wideanglepodium.com, and if you like what you see, check out the Donate tab, and then we'll take your money to help purchase the rights to the coverage of the Tour de France, which is apparently going to be no longer on NBC Sports Network, so this is our pitch. We can together go in and buy the rights to the Tour de France.
2: Yeah, we're going to need some help for that.
0: Um... Yeah, we're going to need a lot of
3: help. (laughs) Just a lot.
2: Yeah, wideanglepodium.com slash donate is where you can uh, go to support this show and all the other shows we've got on the network. We've got some big plans for 2021. Um, assuming the cycling season happens again, there should be a ton of great content. And even if there is no cycling, much like 2020, we can still bring you good stuff. Uh, this podcast has proven I uh, beyond a uh, uh, reasonable expectation that somehow you can talk about <laughs> cycling every single week uh, <laughs> even was, with no bike racing happening it
3: was really really good like everyone was really happy when there was just non-stop bike racing for those like months of was august september when the giro was over crossing mm-hmm. the, the vuelta and we were all mm-hmm. so sky high now look at us now
2: Yep, look at us now but um yeah, if you want to be part of this uh, this juggernaut that we are building um, with the content and the videos on YouTube, wideanglepodium.com slash YouTube, we got Bill over there producing stuff. I'm thinking little guy is going to come out of retirement and start making some road racing videos again um, when that I think I will. comes back. But yeah, the best place to do that is wideanglepodium.com and another way to support the network, uh, if you would like to is to purchase some coffee beans from our partner Grimper Brothers you can head over to wideanglepodium.com coffee to check out the two blends that we've got going on over there an espresso blend and a light roast that both directly support what we're doing here at the network we get a cut of the proceeds and that helps us greatly so two great ways to help us out here
3: that's right and let's get back to the show
1: It's Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow
3: Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are. We have a couple of emails to get to. We have a great hashtag, AskSlowRide. So let's get right into it. So, of course, I want to go to the hashtag, AskSlowRide, and see what our friend, the Alma GP, has hit us up. Can we get a hashtag, AskSlowRide, on something that's really important? Will the Masters category shift up one year next season to adjust for the missed <laughs> twenty twenty season? There are going to be some really surprised thirty-four year olds who realize they can race thirty-five plus as of August.
2: That's true. This is a very good point. This yeah. hardly seems fair to me. Like I think I've aged out of whatever category I was in, and now now I have to deal with the uh embarrassment at a registration table when I need to say the category that I'm going to have to race in Hmm. this all of course assumes that I show up at a bike race uh with the intention (laughs) to register but I mean I just
3: yes I think that everyone does need to raise up a year right I mean I've been adding a year to my life for everything I'm I'm my birthday's in July (laughs) and people ask me like hey how old are you and right away I'm like well you know, I'm just assuming racing age is going to be what matters. So like in January, I'm like, ah, oh, well, I'm I'm 38 or whatever.
0: <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yes. I, it's, it's a little complicated because I have trouble even remembering how old I am. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys have the experience of being at the doctor as an adult and they ask you how old you are and you go, uh, I don't know how old I am. <laughs> I don't think about it very much anymore, you know. No, yeah. so especially with the racing age and not being there, it's always confusing, especially getting a cycle
2: cross season, so yeah, so what now knows? it'll be it should be your racing age is your year that your age that you would be on the last day of the year um plus one for cycle cross, regular, not plus one for road racing, but now it'll be minus one for road racing. And then plus one for cross and minus one then to make up for 2020. No,
0: thank Mm -hmm. you. That's too much. Got it. Why don't we got – here's what we could do. We could design um, a series of numbered categories. Uh Now, hear me out. I see you guys trying to cut me off. but Seems crazy. Hear me out. Hear me out. Uh, A series of numbered – or we could use letters, I suppose – categories based upon uh, ability and, and results over time. Um, and I know the program to keep track of results would just be mind-boggling, and there'd be no way for USA Cycling to know when to tell people to change from one category to the other. So that's... Yeah, that's uh, Already, that's I'm, I'm in some sort of like futuristic world. But if we did have the computing power, if we could do some sort of blockchain thing with <laughs> computers um, but, to get the computing power, uh-huh. we could uh-huh. have categories. So you uh-huh. could start as... And now, let's hear me out. Uh, like a five. Say you're a five. Until you've done a certain number of races and they you become a four. And then after that, it's all uh, based on results. So if you're really strong, you just sort of move through the categories. And then you would, regardless of age, you would race other fast people. So uh, fairly oh. comparable. So if I was hypothetically uh, a three, I would race other threes, even though I'm older than them.
3: Right, does that, right, does that right. make
0: sense? But, or am well, I just about, like completely off the deep end?
2: What about if they're sketchy and also... Um, You have to work in the morning. Yeah, I don't understand how the computing uh, side of this is going to work. Like, Mm -hmm. why should USA Cycling keep track of that when you know how old you are?
0: But I don't know how old I am. (laughs) And really, why does it matter how old I am? Because at the end of the day, if I'm, uh, let's just hypothetically say, uh, racing age 40, and I used to be much faster, and I don't get to ride very much anymore— I show up to a race and why do I want to get beat by by uh fast guys who just happen to be my age when I could just race mm. people around my speed and have
3: fun.
2: That sounds better. Um my I can
3: understand why the the computer couldn't handle this type of tracking. I mean it's a we need a supercomputer to get through this. Get the punch cards mm-hmm. out.
0: Yeah. Um yeah yeah you, no, we're gonna need a lot of punch cards you, you, you some we, did, good we, did, we
2: would have to find a really good ranking system to copy um if we wanted to have something like that,
0: yeah if there's somebody else who's done it and we could just steal it, i mean not steal it just sort of borrow the idea and not give uh-huh. them credit um that would really help That's, because be I, I don't know what I don't know what to do I have no idea how we could do this like and if we had a thing, we could have things called upgrade points, but we could never. Um, and, I, and here's what I would say: we'd never clearly lay out how those upgrade points work well, in know any way, and we'd have no way to keep track of so, them, so that you were always confused whether or not you mm-hmm. upgraded or not.
2: So I know I know you're uh, you're you're doing a bit here, um, uh, am you I, know, where am I doing a bit? Where you're where you're being the angry guy who. Uh, Is mad that, uh, you know, the upgrade points aren't carefully tracked and people aren't forced to upgrade. but Or make any sense. The thing about it is, is we don't have such thing as downgrade points, little guy. And I tell you, I would would have earned a lot of downgrade points by now. Oh, yeah, man. And the thing is, is when I buy my USA Cycling license, it still says Category 2. And I have no business being in that field at all. But... But you can, do you you can think, ask
3: to downgrade.
0: Do
2: you think I'm going to do that?
3: Yeah.
0: See, no,
2: absolutely I understand. not. There's
3: pride. There's pride. I'm in the same place. The I'm only the reason I, I would still take out a USA cycling license is to show my kids when they get older, be like, look, daddy still has it, Cat 2 on the track, and there even a velodrome within 400 miles of me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Convenient.
0: They'll be so impressed by that so, little card in your wallet.
2: <laughs> They've 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 got some things to work out with that system, but uh you know maybe a numbered system is the future um or the past, um but yeah. until then we're gonna have to figure out we're gonna do some complicated math and I think skipping a an age year off your license is only fair.
3: Absolutely. We got a great email here. This one comes hey. to us from Greg. The next cycling statue. Hey guys, this afternoon I stopped by my local library in Worcester where we have an amazing monument to Major Taylor. Of course that's Worcester, Massachusetts. With the recent reveal of the unfortunate Wout van Art statue, you guys saw that right with the amazing six-pack of abs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only unfortunate no. for the rest of us yeah. who don't have the a statue oh. of our six-pack. So after the reveal of the unfortunate wild statue. I decided to do a bit of research of famous cycling related statues. I realized the Major Taylor one is an exception. The others range from just plain odd to moderately disturbing in how they look. For example, the Pantani statue, Major Taylor, the Wout Van Art. Mm-hmm. There's also n- ones of non-specific cyclists like the one on the Tourmalet, the Mad- yep. the uh, yep, apologies yep, yep. what is this Madonna Gisallo and the one for the Vuelta. Surely, we as a community can do better to honor our heroes. Who would you each choose to commemorate in statue form, and in what context would you represent them? I propose one commemorating the most epic stage in the history of the Giro, stage 16 of 2017, specifically highlighting Tom Dumoulin's performance that day. And of course, (laughs) we'll we'll talk in a little bit about Tom Dumoulin's recent announcement. That is the day that Tom Dumoulin had to evacuate on the side of the road. And then... He well,
2: had to borrow an RV. No? Yeah,
3: well, I think he borrowed an RV oh. first, and then he used his cycling cap, right? Oh, right.
2: Yes. Yeah, and then, he just did not And ditch. then he had to
3: chase down Nairo. That was a day that hurt me uh-huh. as a Movistar fan, but I was in nothing but <laughs> full respect. Thanks for always putting on a great show, Greg. So, gentlemen, lots of discuss here. Statues that need to be Dictated. Mm-hmm. I personally am a fan of of um, crazy statues. I also like statues of of fake events that didn't happen. You know, like to okay. like a, like a statue of Marcus Summers um, winning the uh, the hell of the West would be pretty amazing, just on the side of a random mountain <laughs> in Colorado. Like, I I would absolutely love that. Like, that would be the type of of statue I like. Um, Greg that does say. Be-
2: that would be a road trip destination.
3: Yeah, yeah, like just, you know, mm-hmm. classic. Um, I do think that the Major Taylor one is a pretty amazing statue, so that does take the cake for for the best of the best because it's a legit statue. It has a, you know, a space where you can stand and kind of take it all in around the library. Um, really well uh, done. I recommend everyone take a look at that. But the other statues are kind of embarrassing. Um, so, yeah, I think that... I, I would maybe th- I'm thinking maybe of Marcus Summers um That's summer pretty sport, good. uh fake statue.
2: That's pretty good. That's better than I expected out of you. I gotta I gotta give you credit um on that one. Uh it might be better than my idea, which is to erect a um a statue to replace one of the uh Southern General statues that are littered around Richmond, Virginia, um in in um, <laughs> t- commemoration of the Road World Championships that were held there. There we go. I'm thinking a Peter Sagan oh,
3: statue. This would just go over mm-hmm. really well for, the, <laughs> for a certain subtext of Richmond uh, residents if you took down the General Lee and just put that up.
2: Oh, there's, there's many to choose from. Um, so we take, we take maybe all of them. Maybe they're all different Peter Sagan's. Um, the different faces of, of Peter.
3: Sucker. Yeah. He has yeah,
2: many, yeah. many phases. Yeah. Um I was specifically thinking, you know, uh, uh doing the, the hula dance celebration win that he did, um, maybe having the that going on. Um mm-hmm. you could also do one of the classic hands on hips um promo photos um with the with the quizzical raised eyebrow look that uh, was very classic. Um maybe with the long, crazy long hair he had for a while. But I'm thinking he won there in Richmond, when road road worlds were there, um, and it needs to be commemorated. So, that's my bid is uh, Peter Sagan in Richmond.
3: Okay, that's, that's a, good. That's, that's a s-
0: solid one. Um, you guys both have solid ones. I yeah. only have a stupid one, which well, is I don't,
3: obviously. Th- let me just okay. I don't. I don't want to. Like I had a good idea. Like I like I agree with you both that my idea so far it. is. I did. I do had a second one. Do you throw want to get out that
2: out that. Bef- before Little Guy gets his first one out? or He seems to
3: want to get that Kind of, because I'm a little right. worried well, Little Guy's going to take this one.
2: No, So you want to steal okay. the Thunder? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Sounds great. Okay, go ahead.
3: Step on my bit, I guess.
0: Uh, I, I want to hear it. Let's
2: right. go.
3: I want you to go back to 2003. Tour de France. Okay. Final stage, Champs-Élysées. Mm-hmm. Baden-Cook, head-butting Robbie McEwen. That could be an amazing statue, too. FDJ Where kit. Are
0: you Where would we put
2: it?
3: Where we put it? At yeah. the foot of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Where do you think you'd put something <laughs> that amazing?
0: That was such a. Well, they are doing that redesign uh, Yeah, there in Paris. We talked about last Make week. Make it more bike friendly. So that should really fit in. So Just two cyclists headbutting each other as a way to come at, sort of show everyone they should
3: I mean, bike around there. May, or maybe they do it in front of the Australian embassy in Paris. You know, here was our time of <laughs> two Australians. Uh, duking it out on the the roads. Now, little guy, was that the event that you were going to commemorate with your statue?
0: That was not the event I was going to commemorate with the statue. Hmm. I, I, obviously, I think uh, everyone at NBC Sports wants to put a statue of Lance riding through that field the one time because that was <laughs> the greatest thing that ever happened. You know, we used to do a little bit of cyclocross on the side. Um, I heard about this. I think the funniest thing would be if in downtown Wyzetta, which I'm sure Greg Lamont drives through all the time when he goes to get an ice cream,
2: suburb um, of Minneapolis.
0: Yeah, near the even richer uh, suburb where Greg Lamont lives. Okay, like, was he living like Delwood or something? One of those like little no one knows. Open- anyway, <laughs> no, he lives in one of those know. very, very, very expensive uh, western suburbs um, of estates. Anyway, I think uh, Lauren Finian statue. You got to put it in there. Uh, just right there by the, there's kind of a boardwalk. It's right on the lake. Um, Just a finion. So he's got to, he's got to go buy that all the time. I think that'd be funny.
2: How are you going to convince a small suburb of Minneapolis to put up a statue of a French guy that they've never heard of when they're probably at least a little bit aware of Greg Lamond that he lives within a mile or two. I I just want to know like the pitch.
0: I haven't fully worked that out yet. I'm assuming there's a French restaurant in downtown Wayzata, probably, and I can maybe get them to put it out in front. That's my hope. Did the okay. uh, the restaurant will be called Le Professor?
3: Well, I think now is the time Finon. to do it. I mean, I'm pretty sure Greg LeMond has moved from Minnesota to to Tennessee now. Anyway, um, so now would really? be the time. Yeah, so now would be the time to convince Wayzata so. to go all in on Fignon, right? Like LeMond's uh, well, yeah, kind of shunned them, doesn't, you know, went to Tennessee better start Tennessee? celebrating the professor. Yeah. it could be good to I
0: Tennessee. Like That's,
2: it. right. uh, I mean, I think finyan should certainly have a statue. I think you're, you're on the right track there, but I think you took a wild left turn. Um, much like Lance took through the field, uh, that NBC <laughs> likes to point out, Um, which, you know, should have probably got him disqualified, but I'm not here to talk about that. Uh, I'm here to talk about where this Fignon statue should actually go, Mm -hmm. which is in France.
0: Hmm, Interesting. (laughs) Tell me about France. Where's that?
2: I'm thinking as they rebuild the Notre Dame. Oh. Yeah. They have a great opportunity to put the professor on the top, much like (laughs) like a gargoyle. Rio de Janeiro. Oh. Yeah. like the just mm. massive just a massive professor i actually Hair, really ponytail glorious does he have the uh, christ
3: the redeemer arms out like in rio or
2: absolutely yes yeah, or
3: the, like they're not—they're not fully uh, like. Did he ever post up when he won, little guy? I don't remember ever seeing pictures. of oh, him. Oh
2: yeah, yeah,
0: end, but uh, just, just yeah, just Google. Oh, that's thanks, Tim. I don't, that was <laughs> seeing if you, uh, just, yeah, if you just caught Google, that one. just <laughs> just Google one of his um, uh, Milan Sanremo Remo uh, wins, and you'll definitely get a really nice wide post up. Really.
3: And what jersey uh, would you have him in on this uh, Christ Redeemer statue, uh, Spencer? Well, or Matt, I, yeah.
2: I would certainly do the um Renault um the black and yellow striped jersey. not the system thing. U. Mm.
0: Yeah. I think I'd go system U, but it, yeah, I think it'd go either way. Unfortunately not Castorama.
3: Would he be wearing a hairnet or just the ponytail? Oh
2: it'd no, be the ponytail.
3: Yeah, just the ponytail. Uh ah, glorious. The wig We need to get rid of helmets and cycling. I'm just, like I it's just anyways, I digress. Well, guys, that was another um, fantastic uh, email. We should talk
0: about Tom Dumoulin because we missed. Yeah, that's
3: what that that's what one. I was getting to. Uh, T- Tom oh. Dumoulin here, uh, taking a step back um, and an unofficial official retirement. I mean, I guess every other sport can kind of uh, would call it a uh, you know possibly a retirement with a with a comeback. You know, boxers do it all the time, um, and Dumoulin has definitely uh, been one to. Uh, punch well above his weight and win uh grand tours and taking a step back
2: yeah you know um good for him good for him (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Yeah. it's uh it's not completely unheard of obviously i'm sure many riders uh who are not of his caliber do it all the time and we just don't think about them because they're just not on a team the next year um
0: we don't make a big deal about it yeah
2: yeah famously obviously marcel kittel um had a similar situation where he stepped away from the sport. Um, you know, I, I, I hope Tom's doing well. I hope he gets, uh, the, uh, free time or peace, uh, that he needs, um, out of the spotlight. He's probably been under a bit of pressure. I would say, uh, for the last couple of years, I don't mind it. I don't hate it. I'm glad maybe he should have done it a year or two earlier even. And, he should have uh, done it in 2017.
3: Th- so Nairo could have won that Juro. but yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I am sure yeah. that was at the forefront of his I, mind, but uh, I feel I would like to normalize uh this behavior of being like yeah. I don't feel good about doing what I'm doing, so I'm not going to do it anymore. Think about, and that's yeah, okay.
3: For sure. The amazing amount of pressure that he had on him after winning yeah. the Giro, right? Like suddenly like, oh, this is the guy that's going to take on Froome and you know, this is so then everything you do for the next year plus is going to be under a microscope to, to get to that level. And then it doesn't happen. And then what's that mean? And all of the pressure from your team managers naming you to the tour de France team, like months in advance.
2: Um, well, yeah. And you sign the big contract with the big team from your home country. And you know, yeah, for sure. It's a lot of pressure.
3: Yeah.
0: I hope he finds some peace. I hope he comes back too, you know, but you know, if he doesn't, Whatever.
3: Now I know a lot of folks come to the pod to hear our takes on cycling jerseys. Um, we have two important topics here. Well, three. One is we will be doing our jersey rankings when they all drop. Well, this week yep. we got Get the this this week we got the Quebeca Asos team kit. Um, a little touch of neon green in there. Uh, uh, the mm-hmm. the reintroduction reintroduction of the hands. Representing the charity, overall, I think a, a pretty clean look. Looks extremely Asos to me on like everything with the very black and white um, presentation. Mm-hmm. A little like Swiss gaudiness that's still like tasteful. Um, I could definitely see this in the back of the World Cycling Productions catalog and fitting right in with everything else that Asos oh, yeah. makes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I overall, I liked it. Um, your your initial thoughts before we do our you know as. As we have not done our full jersey recap pod, uh,
0: I liked I like the hands. I like the hands being there. It's a little goofy. It's a, little, yeah. I, you know, it's like everybody else is taking themselves, for the most part, pretty seriously. So it's kind of nice to have. It's kind of hard to fully take yourself seriously when you got a bunch of weird, goofy hands all over yourself. And I'm yeah. happy that at least one or two teams is going the like little goofier route. So.
2: It's nice. I got yeah. I agree with that. I think it's a nice throwback to a different era of cycling, uh, when things were a little more freewheeling in the Jersey uh, department. Yeah, and I think you're I think you're onto something there with a lot of teams looking retro, like uh, Trek Segafredo for for instance, and a lot of teams sort of falling in that sort of classic retro vibe, like trying to look really good retro vibe. Um, the Quebeca team is uh, taking that other angle of retro not quite full primal wear but like going a little (laughs) bit more in that direction and i'm here for it
3: i want to um you you mentioned trek uh there's the new trek like dirt team kit the women's kit i guess like where they had the the blue that the amazing blue camouflage that now is kind of got a new um look i don't know if you guys saw this but it was something else that came off Mm. in the last like two weeks the new um, mm-hmm. cross country team kit. I think I saw Yolanda Neff. Oh, it's got red on it instead of the blue, I believe. And it just it just seemed a little bit different than what I had gotten from the Trek Factory Racing. Am I wrong here? Am I totally off?
2: Hmm. Yeah, you might be. I don't oh, know. Okay.
3: Yeah. It, definitely You're like totally wrong. Okay. Um, but speaking um, of not being wrong, um, I guess saving as little guy would say best for last, but are we really surprised that we're almost to February and we have not seen the education first? Nippo kit, Nippo um kit. Yeah. What what's the what's the takeaway here? Like is this thing going to be a redo redux of the tie-dye, is there going to be something totally new and fresh? What do you guys think?
0: I don't know, man. I think I, I guess I don't know what Nippo's going to bring. You know, they had more white and so uh I,
2: I mean, they have to be annoyed that all the preseason races were canceled because they could be racing into all black kits, freaking us all out again, like they did last year. That would be cool. But, uh, yeah, I'm waiting for the drop. Um, Do you think
3: they were going to wait until like the first race of the year to drop it? Like, I mean, if there's one thing that education first has done (laughs) really well is announcing or debuting kit designs where it just maximizes effect. Um, the palace skateboard one comes to full, Peace of mind here where it's just, you know, no one knew it was there, then all of a sudden they had ducks on their helmet. Um mm-hmm. I just so maybe they're waiting.
2: They're clearly uh not training on Peloton bikes because there is no leaks coming from that camp at all.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. If they if they sort of merge the Delco kit, which had a lot of horizontal white and white and blue lines, and then still have the like swirly lines in the EF logo, it's gonna be sort of like a twilight zone sort of. It's gonna, it's yeah. gonna, it's gonna give you. It's gonna make your brain kind of get fuzzy when you try to look at them, which I like. There's a, there's a lot of pressure to go this late. Like you got to deliver. If you're yeah. coming this late, yeah, uh, you got to be good. You can't, you can't come out with a bike exchange at this point.
2: I am usually pretty fuzzy on their kits, so that would be yeah in <laughs> lockstep for them.
3: Um, guys. As we wrap up the podcast, we just got a late entry into an email that just came in as I was checking. I don't know if you guys checked this out. We got an email here from um, Caleb Goodhouse. Love the podcast. Keep up the work. I know this is not a visual uh, uh, podcast, but it is a picture of George Hincapie sitting on the side of the road at Paris-Roubaix in his discovery kit with the broken stem. And if you look closely (laughs) on the... The banks of, of the roadway on the other side of the cobbles is uh, Senator Bernie Sanders with a nice uh, mm-hmm. pair of knitted mittens um, look, looking yeah, good. <laughs> the meme has has crossed over <laughs> into uh, gorgeous George territory. Um, fantastically well done. Uh, Caleb, thank you for making our nice. day. Um, so, gentlemen, yes. before we wrap up, <laughs> side cross world championships next week, who yep. do you got?
0: Alvarado Vanderpoel. Can you can you unless they get flat tires, they're gonna win.
2: I'm uh I'm going um Clara Hansinger and uh, Lauren Sweek.
0: Wow Whoa wow. Sweek. had a good race on Saturday, fourth, so top ten to uh the World Cup. So form's good. Form's
3: hmm. good, but whew,
0: Matthew bold, Vanderpool
3: wins by it. two minutes. Um and Alvarado also takes cake. So I am with little guy here. Spencer going with the outlier picks, love it taking a risk and he will be letting us know if he comes out on top.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, derby.com uh, will let you know how big yeah. I, uh, my return is on these bets.
3: <laughs> so once again, we'd like to thank you for listening to the slow ride podcast. We'd like to thank our continuing sponsors, you the listeners by visiting wideanglepodium.com to see the selection of shows that we have on the network We'd also like to thank our friends at Grimper Brothers for their continued support. Go to wideanglepodiumcom coffee to find out about our two wonderful blends. We'd like to thank BK1 of Rhyme Sayers Entertainment for the intro and outro music. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando. Matt in
0: Minneapolis.
2: And this is Spencer in Boston, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists when you see out on the road.
0: The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and
2: rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.
3: I'm just happy I didn't say donut. I'm just happy I didn't say donut. I'm just happy I didn't say Donut.